0: calming as well as changing neural pathways and tapping of course does both of those things and more it becomes a practice too like that's another thing people could do when they meditate if they find it's hard to sit still put on a tapping video and tap
1: Thank you for listening to another episode of Recovery Nuggets Podcast. Hey, all you Recovery Nuggets out there, this is David. This is the opening episode of Season 2. Can you believe it? Here we are, almost a year into this thing, and the first guest on Season 2 is Joanna Free. She's an author of a book about kicking the bad habit of nicotine. She's a butt kicker. That's the title of the book, Butt Kickers. She's also a contributor to Journey Magazine, and she is on Instagram at joanna.free. And you can check out her stuff there. You can find her book on amazon.com. We have a lively discussion about recovery and letting go of nicotine, vaping, and all the things that come with it. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of Recovery Nuggets. I'm your host, David Clement. I'm here with Joanna Free. Nice to meet you. I'm glad we're getting together.
0: Yeah, I am too. Thank you so much for having this podcast. I'm
1: glad you reached out because it's a it's an important topic for sure. And especially when you mentioned vaping.
0: Yeah, because it goes hand in hand now, doesn't it? I mean, back in the day, that wasn't even a thing. I think, wow, if that if that had been one of the options available to me back in the day, as an uh, alternative to smoking, I might still be vaping now. I don't know because it's it's yeah. quite yeah. addictive.
1: Well, and uh, I was doing stand up for a little while, and one of my jokes was that, you know, when the the little electric cigarettes came out, they were like a one hitter that was supposed to help you quit. Yeah. But addicts have kind of gone the other way, and <laughs> the hits are so big. Sometimes they have to divert planes because the planes can't land. <laughs>
2: know what I mean <laughs> it's, <great. laughs> it's like they
1: have these contraptions that are like this big and they have these vape off <laughs> blowing <laughs> contests I've seen them online and I'm like I think we we kind of missed
0: the point <laughs> you get somebody in front of you drive dry somebody driving and blowing you know using yeah. one of those <laughs> yeah kind of yeah. mess with your driving yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> A big cloud of fog <laughs>
1: yeah yeah and I, I get, it. I like, I was looking through some of your stuff this morning and uh, my girlfriend and I, I said, what's smober? And I'm like, oh, she goes smoking sober. I'm like, that's probably what it is.
0: Yeah, it's exactly what it is. And I didn't coin that one. That, okay? that was, um, I heard that in
1: 1990.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. So I don't know who coined it. I have a friend who, who is in, um, also in recovery around tobacco and nicotine and, He's very witty, and I said, "I wonder if you coined that." He said, "I wonder too. I, I don't know." <laughs> he said, "I'm right. not sure if I came up with it or if I heard it." But he was when I got when I came into the rooms back in um, in 1990. Um, yeah, I, I remember hearing the word smoker.
1: Wow! Yeah. So you you came into the rooms, and I'm uh, obviously I don't break which i say 12 step but i don't mention which one
2: mm-hmm.
1: um so you came into the rooms in 90
0: yeah in 90 wow yeah that's I, great yeah it is great i wish i'd stayed in the rooms i didn't because i yeah. um i was about 7 years in really active
2: mm-hmm. and
0: then in one of the fellowships i in one of the rooms i oh. i developed a resentment and mm. instead of doing what they say, like pick up some of the literature and go start another meeting across town, I yeah, didn't do that with a coffee that.
1: pot and resentment. Yeah,
0: right. That's all it yeah. takes, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I didn't do that. Unfortunately, I I just walked away. I walked away from all all of those uh, particular uh, yeah. communities. And I it's not like I stopped growing. I, I I got involved in a lot of different things. I started learning about mindfulness-based stress reduction,
2: mm. the work of
0: John Cabot Zinn. And um, I also started learning a little bit about Buddhist meditation and started yeah. meditating it with this group of of Buddhist nuns. And that was that was great. And so, you know, there are a lot, there are a lot of different ways to grow, but I think we're super fortunate to have recovery circles, what, whatever recovery circles people travel in. I, 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 just, I find them to be so they're golden. They're just golden for so many reasons, the support, the yeah. guidance, yeah. the sense of, of community camaraderie, and, um, it's nothing like it, right?
1: No, there's not. And, uh, you touched on, you know, meditation and I, you probably read Kevin Griffin boot the 12 steps and, um, I don't, oh, know, I don't you... know
2: Kevin
0: Griffin's work and I'm going oh, wow. oh, to make some notes here too, as we're talking. So
1: yeah, he's great. He, um,
0: uh, he has a book
1: called uh, Buddhism in the 12 steps. Oh, cool. And the other one is, um, let me see. I've got it right here.
0: Has he been a guest of yours? No, too, David?
1: I'm definitely on my bucket list for sure. Uh-huh. And his uh, this one is uh, his other book is Burning Desire with a a forward from Jack Kornfield. Fun. And so he's kind of talking about different higher powers, uh huh, like the higher power of the Eightfold Path, the higher power of wisdom, higher power of karma. So he, but he weaves this, he really works the fabric of the twelve steps into meditation. And the you know, the eightfold path. And Mm -hmm. he's it's really funny because in his first book, he talks about coming back from a 10-day meditation retreat. And you know, he's in recovery and he gets in the car with his girlfriend at the time, and she's talking about life stuff, like we got to do this for the house. I went to the grocery store, and he's totally an ego where he's like, Don't you know I just went to a spiritual retreat for 10 days? And like
0: (laughs) (laughs) so spiritual, right?
2: (laughs) <laughs> it's just funny
1: the way he, it's just funny how he talks about recovery and the beauty of the sangha and how, you know, in 12 step or recovery groups, the difference between meditation and then the circle is that where the shared experience is different. It's a little bit different in recovery. Mm-hmm. And so I agree with you. It's uh, We're very fortunate to have it. You know, that shared connection. We all yeah. survived the plane crash, but
0: yeah.
1: You know, we could talk about it.
0: Yeah. And even have humor about it sometimes. Like, oh. the, you know, seeing oh.
2: the,
0: <laughs> yeah. the you know, seeing the wing pop off and shoot <laughs> off into space. Like, you know, yeah. because yeah, we survived. We're here. And right. um, so it's it's pretty it's pretty remarkable, it's pretty thrilling. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I wake up every here.
0: day and I just one of the first things and I, you know it's it's been intentional to have gratitude and to to pay you know to notice to be tuned into what I'm grateful for as I wake mm. it's a great way for me to start start my my day and my brain and um and uh one of the first things I say is I'm alive <laughs> I'm still here yeah. wow yeah. like so just that sense of possibility and that and and the fact that there was a time that I didn't I didn't think I would live to be this old I really mm-hmm. didn't yeah there was a long time I didn't expect to live this long
1: yeah did you have that I know for me I had that thing where I thought oh the 27 year old club where all the rock stars died I, there was a part of me that I was like maybe that you know like maybe that'll happen to me because I'm an artist so I thought oh well yeah. if. I mean
0: it was 30 kind of- for me. When I hit 30, I was real I, I, I remember feeling like this kind of did somebody forget to shut out my lights or something. You know? I <laughs> didn't forget.
1: Oh yeah. No, you, you have more suffering to do, sir. <laughs> By your own hand. <laughs>
0: Special kind of suffering.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Man, that's, that's, but that's good. I mean, you start out with gratitude and and gratitude really has changed my life tremendously as well. Because I remember watching The Secret early when I first got clean and they went to a guy and he was talking about how they have gratitude rocks in Africa or somewhere Mm -hmm. and they collect them and they paint gratitude on it. And just the notion of like, this rock, even if I don't have anything, I had this rock with gratitude on it. And um, in fact, I still have you it. You have a
0: gratitude rock? Can I see?
1: I but still have it. You hold it a
0: little bit closer?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's just, it probably won't, but it's written on there.
0: Oh, I see it now. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah, and letters. this was
1: from when I, when I first got, cool. this thing's like 16 years old. But it's not a small rock. I mean, when, when I would carry it around, it's like, oh, okay, I still got... <laughs> Because I needed something like this over the head too, you know? Like, <laughs> Pull it okay,
0: out and okay, knock yourself with it.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so do you do a, a meditation, a, like a gratitude meditation in the mornings or?
0: Yeah. And it's it's changed. It changes. Uh, I do start out with I'm alive because that alone is so big and so fundamental, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I also like to do things like, and I, I don't do this right now, but this is something I did for a long time is I put my hand on my chest and I feel my heart beating and I'd say, thank you. Mm. And then I'd put, um, put a uh, uh, hand on my uh, lungs and I would take a deep breath mm. and smile and say, thank you.
2: Yeah.
0: Like just, especially as a former smoker and somebody who started smoking very young, like mm. that, that breath part too is really significant. And then I would move my toes and notice that my, you know, my feet are moving. My toes are moving. I'd, I'd move my hands and just say, thank you. As I'm engaging with all these different parts of my body. Cause like a lot of people in recovery and a lot of people who've experienced trauma, I could just leave my body, Mm. you know, just not really be present in my body. And to really consider what an enormous blessing it is to be walking around in a human body. Just yeah. to have this opportunity to be incarnated this way. Yeah. Right. It's thrilling.
2: Isn't it, it is. I
0: mean, it's taken yeah. for granted over and over. But yeah.
1: Yeah. Do you find that? Well, first, I would ask you, do you find that your prayers have, have shifted from early on from asking for whatever to, like you say now, you just say thank you?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot more thank you. A lot mm-hmm. more, because that too tunes me into how many of the things that I wish for are already happening. It mm. tunes me into that sense that whatever I might be asking for too um, can can be manifest as well, can show up in my life. Mm-hmm if I'm tuned into those things, like I never, like, as I said, I didn't think I'd live to be this long. I'd li- live to be this old. Yeah.
2: Today. Yeah.
0: Um, I, and so, um, and, and when that happens tuning into that, like, okay, you didn't believe that could happen. I didn't believe I could stop smoking,
2: but,
0: <laughs> so I, I didn't believe all these things I didn't believe. So if I'm saying thank you simply for my life and for my sobriety today, mm-hmm. you know, for, for my ability to take a deep breath, for having people around me who I love and who somehow continue to love me back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, all, all of those blessings, right. It, it's, uh, it's yeah, it really does help. Then, then if I'm in a place of making requests, like a lot of people will ask to be guided by a power greater than themselves. What happens for me when I go into prayer and meditation around that and say, what's your will for my life today? Mm. I'm reminded. Joanna, this is a co-creative process. This isn't, you know, you know, you being told what to do. This is you engaging with your mind and your will and your life force, mm-hmm. your, and your ability to make choices for yourself too. And then to join with, it's a, yeah. it's a, yeah. it's a partnership.
1: Yeah. yeah. I love that. I love that you said that because we can get into this. Well, I'm just sitting here waiting for God to tell me what to do, (laughs) you know? And I feel like it's been more of, you know, like there's this guy in the rooms that he's been around. He, he said, I don't always know what God's will for me is, but he, I know what it's not. Mm. And so I I Mm. like that. And then, and then for me personally, I feel if I, if I'm in line with basic goodness It's like, I have to step one forward and then whatever the universe, universal energy will make 10 steps to help.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: But I, there's a part of the stepping out and asking and and doing some work as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, and I know that having support for those actions that I take makes an enormous difference. So I agree with exactly with what you're saying. And, um, so I've changed, I have a different version of serenity prayer. Do you want to hear it? Mm Mm-hmm. So
2: um,
0: the first change I make is I put the letter S on grant. So whether I say God, higher power, whatever grants me. So instead of it being a request, I'm affirming that it's already happening. God grants me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, wisdom to know the difference. And then I added on this other piece and the support to take action accordingly. Oof. And then I say, thank you, because I've just, I've turned that prayer into an affirmation. And and then what that helps me to do is to tune into all the ways that the guidance, the courage, um, is, is and the serenity, you know, to, to be tuned into the presence of a power greater than myself that's within me, beyond me, and beyond my understanding. It's, in, it's within me. It's beyond me. It's beyond my understanding. And so um, offering up the serenity prayer that way as more of an, an affirmation has, has helped to shift. And I share that with people that I meet too in recovery. And, um, and I've had some some people have come back and told me they adopted that as their way of, of um, doing the serenity prayer too.
2: And, oh yeah. It's, you know, uh-
0: just remembering we can do our own adaptations. We don't need to just follow what guidance was there before. We, we get to keep adapting things to our needs. So even that's, you know, those steps that are out there are suggestions, right?
1: Right. I yeah. love that. I love, I'm going to, I can't wait to talk to my, my recovery crew about this one, what you just shared. So
0: oh, thank you. that's powerful.
1: Yeah. I love that.
0: Thank you. I love yeah, that. That came out of meditation one day. I. It, it just popped and I thought, well, oh, I like that. I'm going to write that down <laughs> and, yeah. and played with it before I shared it. And it just, yeah, great. it's a, such a small thing, even just to put the S after Grant. That, yeah. Just it's, that it's, one letter.
1: It's yeah. I like, it's an aff- affirmation and it's on the way. It's already, it's given.
0: It's happening right now. Yeah. Here we are. It's happening yeah. right here.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So, since you you brought up meditation, it seems like you're you've practiced for a while. For someone that's new and says, "Oh, I can't meditate because I I can't stop thinking," what would you say to that concept?
0: I get It's the first thing I would say. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it, and I couldn't. I could not imagine meditating either. And um, before I had meditated, and I remember asking people how do you meditate? I have a brother who's Buddhist and I asked him, how do you meditate? And he's, and he recommended a book that I could read about meditation mm-hmm. and I would ask people, how do you meditate? And because it just seemed beyond me. And mm-hmm. so that was a way to start the process. Just ask different people, how do you meditate? Cause a lot of people do it very differently. It's kind of like, how do you pray? Right. Right. Um, you know, and then um and then to think of it as something that's kind of like brushing my teeth is that even if I do it just for a couple of minutes a day, it can make a difference. <laughs> I don't have to do it for, you know, sit in a certain way for 30 minutes mm-hmm. and to be completely still or to only that, that, there are as many ways to meditate as there are people to meditate and that it can keep changing and, it probably will yeah.
2: You know, yeah,
0: over time over as we change our way of meditation can change. So I would say try setting a timer for 60 seconds Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and just focus on your breathing, put your hand on your chest and just breathe and smile and consider what a, what a cool thing it is to be able to draw a breath and how many times a day you do that without even thinking about it. Yeah. We don't even, it's unfathomable how many times a day we're doing it really without thinking about it. So, Um, Yeah, I like that. that.
1: That's a a very simplistic way to think of meditation. And it gets, it gets a lot of kind of mystical things like you're going to float and all this other stuff. And it's really almost the polar opposite where you're just learning to sit with yourself, you know, just be being with me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you might float.
1: Yeah, you might.
0: (laughs) You You might might. get to be one of those lucky people. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and I'm glad you said
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you said that because I've I've tried lots of different ways of going to meditation retreats. And um, before I started, I was reading all these books about meditation and I was, I think it was Shunru Suzuki. And he said, you may, you may be reading about meditation a lot and intellectualizing it, but eventually you will actually have to sit down and meditate. And I'm like, oh my god, that's
0: me. That was me. <laughs> he called you out. <laughs> called me out in this book. And I'm
1: like, well, there it is. <laughs> but but it's that's a that's what we do, don't we? We mm-hmm. it's with everything.
0: Yeah. Complicate the crap out of it, right? right.
1: Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So let um, so, me ask
2: you that. Go ahead.
0: Uh, uh yeah, just add too to think of it like a something you can play with. Mm-hmm. Play with it. Mm. Think of it like somebody handed you a ball and you're gonna think, oh, I wonder how how high this ball can bounce. Mm. And maybe it's not a very bouncy ball, or maybe it's a really bouncy ball, and you just but you and you try bouncing it against the wall and against the floor and just try, you know, hit bounce it and catch it with the other hand, just play with it instead of making it into a thing that you, you know, you think you have to be really pointed about. So that that helps too, I think, just to not take it so seriously.
1: Yeah. And we can apply that to recovery too, right? I mean, that's it's we're in the great experiment of not using whatever the thing is.
0: Or not using whatever the thing is.
1: Right. Or the behavior or the thought patterns or the, the compulsivity. Um yeah, it is lately I've been that's been a thing I've been kind of I'm like, this is the big experiment is it's a big experiment. What do we want? Yeah.
2: What we I love try? that.
0: Yeah. I like that sense of experiment. I like adventure too, but I love experiments. So thank you mm-hmm. for that
2: too.
1: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. So are you're in recovery from smoking cigarettes, you're smoker.
2: Mm-hmm. And you're
1: gonna and you're gonna you're gonna share with everyone, you know, how to break those chains. But I wanted to ask, are you in recovery from other things as well? I am. I, that's what you, you said. The other recovery community.
0: Yes, I am. And I do you want to share a little other, of your
1: story before we get into the, the smoking,
0: my smoker story, or just my story story, or just
1: a little bit of your story, just not, doesn't have to be the, the long version. Just, we can just sure. see what, whatever you're comfortable with.
0: Yeah. So in, um, in 1990, I came back to the United States from Canada, I'd been living up in Canada, and I'd been smoking Canadian cigarettes. Mm -hmm. And when I came back to the United States, and started smoking American cigarettes, when my Canadian cigarettes ran out, of course, I brought a couple of cartons with me because I was a really dedicated <laughs> smoker. <laughs> you know, I wasn't just going to yeah. have one pack coming across the border. <laughs>
2: <Shoot>. right, <laughs>
0: right.
2: Not so, me. <laughs> yeah.
0: So after I went through those and I started smoking the American cigarettes, I, something happened. I don't know. I hadn't, I'd been up there for about a year and, um, and when I started to smoke American cigarettes again, I noticed that they smelled and tasted like chemicals. Mm-hmm. they had a really foul smell and taste to them. And I thought maybe it's just this brand. And I tried a couple of other brands to see if it got better, you know, switching, yeah. right. We hear about that. Oh yeah. <laughs> we talk about that in some of the other rooms about the switching. Right, right. So I tried switching and it wasn't helping. And, um, but I continued on cause I was dedicated. So even though it tasted foul and it smelled foul, I continued on and, Something else started to happen that I didn't associate with smoking at all, but I started to get, I started to get physically ill. I started to have problems with my digestion Mm. and I started to have problems with dizziness and, um, which was really stressful. So I'd smoke more <laughs> right. Sounds about right. You yeah. You don't do it less. You do it more because you're stressed out. You know. <laughs> we're such interesting creatures, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> the Humans. <laughs> yeah. And so it could um, be
1: food too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh God! It could be any number of things, right? Yeah. You're stressed out about gambling, so you go to the casino because it relaxes you.
2: Mm-hmm. You know.
0: <laughs> Whatever story we're telling ourselves. Yeah. And yeah. so um, I I got sicker, and I got to where I had. I was afraid to drive my car because of the dizziness. And um, so I wasn't going on the freeway, I was taking other side streets, because I thought if I have to pull over really quickly, I don't want to be rolling, you know, at mm-hmm. 60 miles an hour, if that happens. So it was limiting my life. And I I couldn't see it. And then I just thought, geez, I wonder if I'm this is 1990. And I, I, um, I had friends who had been HIV positive. I had friends who had died, um, with AIDS. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I wonder if that's what's going on. If I have, if I, you know, I have mm-hmm. AIDS, I have HIV positive. And so I went and got tested and back in the day, you had to wait, uh, a 10 long days time to get the yeah. 10 days for the results. It was torture yeah, it was torture. It really was. And so many fears that came up during that time. And that sense of, I wonder if, you know, what's going to happen on the other side of this. And when I found out that I wasn't, and I I thought you just got another chance. Mm -hmm. And to me, that meant that I needed, it was time to make some big changes. And I didn't know what, and and I I had this thought that maybe the dizziness, if it wasn't about me dying of, of AIDS, that maybe what was happening was It's like, I wonder, I can remember I had a cigarette in my hand and looked at it and thought, I wonder if this has anything to do with what's going on with me. I doubt it, but just Mm -hmm. in case, (laughs) why don't I see if I could stop for a while, you know, just out of curiosity, right? (laughs) Like you said, the great, the big experiment, right? (laughs) So, um, and, and then as I decided that, because I made a few attempts and the attempts were, were not successful. And I was noticing all the things that were triggering me. And I was getting triggered by everything from, you know, trying to go out with friends and have a couple of, you know, just uh, for a happy hour after work. I was getting triggered when I went out to clubs and social si- situations. Just even if alcohol wasn't involved. If I went dancing. If I went uh, and hung out with any of my friends who were um, smokers. If I I. So what I coffee tea mm. any caffeine so what i started to do is i i took i started taking everything off my plate that made me feel like smoking which was essentially everything i went to celibate uh, i wouldn't go on dates mm. i um i wouldn't go in, take myself in a social situation so i got very isolated and i was just going to work and going to meetings Pretty much, that was my life. I went to work yeah. and meetings, and I was in Maine, and it was winter time. And the combination of all of that isolation and taking away every single thing that gave me comfort and joy, because a lot of those things are, were not like the socializing wasn't mm-hmm. bad in itself. It was just it was another thing that that set me off. It triggered me, so uh, a desi- triggered a desire to, to light up. So what I did essentially is I stripped away everything that gave me comfort except for meetings. And though, you know, meetings are an hour and maybe a little longer, but I didn't even go to the after meeting because I didn't want to trigger that desire. Mm-hmm. And six months into not picking up um tobacco, I became profoundly depressed and suicidal. Wow, and wow. yeah, and I because I as I said, nothing to give me comfort. And so in that, uh, and I actually had a plan and I found that that plan had become like a daily obsession, like almost like a a fantasy an obsession that I had. And I know that that's not, that's not uncommon because I've worked in mental health and in the treatment of addiction too. That's been part of my work and my life. And so I talked to a psychiatrist friend and I said, I can't stop thinking about killing myself. Mm. And he said, And I told him, he said, do you have a plan? I said, yeah. And he he said, well, what are we going to do for you, Joanna? I mean, I love the way he asked that question because that's kind of like how, what it looks like when I talk to a power greater than myself too, is like, what are we going to do with this day? What are we going to do? And I said, well, I've just heard about this place, um, this rehab, it's in Arizona. And that appealed to me too, because there's sunshine, right? And so I said, I think, and I hear that they're really good at working with people like me who are." who are so full of shit that we go into therapy and ask our therapists how they're doing <laughs> instead <laughs> yeah. of talking about how we're doing. Cause yeah. I was guilty of that. And when I heard it, you know, I, I, I thought, yeah, that's me. I, I'm that unwell. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. so um, he <laughs> um, said, that sounds like a good idea. And can you, can you get there and not harm yourself? I said, I can, because if I'm going someplace where I can get help, then I feel hope. Mm. And because at that point, I just, my job was really hard. I was working with incarcerated adolescents, Wow! incarcerated teenagers. Like, why do we put kids behind bars? It just seems so messed up and working in that system, you know, trying to be a comfort to these kids, but I wasn't even comforting myself. It's like that whole, how do you give what you don't, you're not giving to yourself. Classic, right? Yeah. Classic. So, um, so I went to rehab and that was in the spring of 1991. And, um, and when I came back from during rehab, I met all these other people who worked in the field too. because yeah, there are so many of us who are, who are taking care of others, but not taking care of ourselves, classic stuff. And we taught, we had a little group of our own for several weeks. And we talked about how are we going to make our lives different so that we don't go back and do the same crap we were doing before, which Mm -hmm. clearly wasn't working because it's what landed us here. And that that's really where, um, things started to change. I started to, I left, I left Maine, um, at that point because I recognized there were too many influences that made it hard for me to stay on course. Um, too many family and friend influences. And I, I wanted a freshness of experience. I wanted to be in a place where the sun was shining more often too. Mm-hmm. And I'd had a bunch of people that I'd met in rehab say, come visit me. You can come and stay with me. I had all these operas of places to live. In some cases, people who said, I have a guest room. You're welcome to stay as long as you like. I'm hardly ever there. And so um, I know. And so I wow. ended up in Taos, New Mexico. And that was gorgeous, right? It was beautiful. And and I started my first um, uh, mutual support meeting for people who wanted to stop smoking there within the same model that I had, had experienced recovery in when I was in Maine.
1: Wow. How did that go?
0: I mean, it went really well for six weeks. I sat there all by myself and nobody showed up and I just, I'd go in, I would turn on the lights, I'd set out the literature, I'd sit and meditate for a little while. And then I would do some reading and I, I would, I'd wait till it was time, you know, usually just read and hang out until, cause there's no cell phone, you know? So I just sit and, and, and read and chill until the end of the time. I'd, I'd look at the time, then I'd go and turn the heat down, turn the lights off, lock up and go back the next week and do it again. And then I think
1: what? It was that just to yeah. stop there for a second, like
2: six <laughs> weeks,
1: you're, you're doing this thing for other people, but you stayed and you had that hour for yourself with higher power, whatever you want to call it. So it's like you were doing it in the, the goodness of giving and then you were getting this, this time.
2: Yeah absolutely that's pretty cool
0: yeah but that isn't that what service is is the right. service it, it's it's service to ourselves disguised as service to others as long as we do it in balance with the rest of our lives right? right yeah but that's so that's what I did and then um after like a month and a half of doing that all by myself this this guy walked in I almost tripped over my side I said can I hug you <laughs> he said is this <laughs> right. the meeting for people who want to stop smoking I said it is I was, I was just like lunging I was so happy. And then once there were two of us, then it changed completely. And within the next few months, it ended up being first, you know, just a couple other people. And then at some point, suddenly there were a dozen people by the time I left house, um, after about a year, after you know, I lived there for about a year, there were between 15 and 20 people coming to that meeting. It's so exciting to
2: see that.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. And did you write your own s- steps or form or protocol of how mm-hmm. to do it?
0: No, I just followed what's out there. Okay. Yeah, I just followed what's out there. Because... You kind of
1: change one word, maybe.
0: Well, I didn't have time. to. The the literature already existed. I just yeah. ordered it.
1: I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yep. yep. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, it's but- um. It was a tough one. I quit 14 years ago. Yeah.
0: Say more about that.
1: Sure. So one of the worst things of my addiction was the smoking in my mind, because I was an athlete in college. I wouldn't even date people who smoked. Wow. And it's really kind of a snapshot of how our values change in addiction to drugs and alcohol or whatever. Mm -hmm. So Something I just tested, you know. My both my parents smoked; they still smoke, and I know it's hard to quit, you know. But growing up, I I didn't, I just didn't like it, and so I got clean. I quit drugs. I quit alcohol. But here's this whole thing I'm holding on to. It's like the last, the last claw of the addiction, right? But I can't. So I was about eighteen months, and I started. I said, well, I'm just going to quit. I didn't really have a plan. I quit for two and a half days. And when I told my girlfriend at the time, she's like, why? Because she wasn't ready to quit.
0: Oh, scary.
1: Yeah, it scared her. So I quit for three days. And then I realized I basically turned it over like a third step. I said, well, you take it. I can't quit. Hmm. On the third day, I said, if I smoke, because I've already quit. If I smoke again, it's me, it's my will. So that went on for a little bit. I think I smoked for another six or eight months. And then I, I bought a new car. It was new to me. And I said, well, I'm not going to smoke in this car because that was a big part of the habit for me. Like I could get in the car, start it, put it in reverse and have a cigarette lit all in one. (laughs) It was like this dance, you know? (laughs) And so I broke that part of the habit. And then there was a day in the summer that, that June I was drinking iced coffee. I'm going to meetings, I'm doing steps and I'm, you know, I'm having heart palpitations and I feel like I'm high. Mm. I'm like, this is crazy. Like, so I ran out and I didn't get one and I turned it back over and I haven't smoked since.
0: Wow.
1: Now at the time, my girlfriend sponsored basically was like. Do not break up for 30 days because, and it's so funny because she was on the phone with her and I was like, this isn't going to work. It's not Mm going to work now because she smokes. And I, (laughs) I mean, it was like, she knew because she had quit and I picked up chocolate declare ice creams (laughs) and, and I don't mean like I was having one a day. I would literally be sitting at a convenience store, eat a chocolate, Claire ice cream. And I'd be looking at the convenience store. Like, I'm just going to have one more. And I would go in and get another ice cream. And so I, <laughs> I would have those little wooden sticks on the floorboard of my car. And my girlfriend at the time was like, you've been eating all these chocolate declare Claire ice cream? <laughs> but I quit. <laughs> That's
0: the bottom line. Right. right I there. quit.
1: And I was yeah. able to lose weight and all that. But it was there was a journey with it. It wasn't a just, oh, it's not a big deal. It was
0: a big deal. Yeah, it is a big deal. And I've had... Well,
1: using dreams of the cigarette. Like one time I'll say this, Robert De Niro was in the dream and, you know, he's like, you want a cigarette? And I'm like, you're Robert De Niro. Of course, I'm going to have a cigarette with you. And I, I, it's so vivid in my mind. Like I just did one pull of it and the ash just went and I was like, I smoked a cigarette with Robert De Niro like it's so powerful how it gets in your brain and in the depths of these desires of the addiction
0: yeah I call those freebies if I yeah <laughs> you yeah have yeah, to yeah. Count those the ones yeah, yeah. that yeah. happen in the
2: tree that's right that's right <laughs> so yeah
1: so what so what about you like once you quit you went through the depression and then you went to rehab and then
0: and then how is they, it now
1: um, how long has it been
0: as of the 13th of September, at 10.30 p.m. Eastern time, it'll be 32 years. Yes. I know. <laughs> and, you know, the reason I know the time is because somebody in one of my meetings had said, if you don't know when you had your last cigarette, maybe you haven't had your last cigarette. Ooh. I thought, oh. yeah. So I started writing down. First, the date, and then I realized that didn't wasn't enough. So I just write down the time and the date both because mm-hmm. often I didn't make it the whole day when I first started trying to do it. And so I would write down both the date and the time. So when I stubbed out that one on September 13th, 1990 at 1030 p.m. Eastern Time, I was stubbing that out. And I was looking up at the clock and I thought, well, here we go again. And I just wrote it down just because that's what I did. I'm just going to see how long I can go this time. But it never would have occurred to me that I'd be sitting here talking to somebody and saying, having this conversation with you and saying, on the 13th of September will be 32 flipping years. How in the world did that even happen? When I didn't think I was going to live to be 32
2: right
1: <laughs> well let me ask you this before we get into your your book and all, the, all your tips and what you would like to share sometimes i was telling my girlfriend's name is jan i was telling her the other night there's some time most of the time when i smell one i'm like that's disgusting but every now and then i'll catch a whiff of it and i'm like it still smells good sometimes it just is very rare it doesn't make me want to smell but i'm like it's still in there.
0: <laughs> yeah. our And our brain is really complex, right? Yeah. And so, and so sometimes a thing that could smell or seem or taste mm-hmm. repulsive to us at other times can, can smell or seem or taste appealing to us
2: mm-hmm.
0: because we're, we're complicated in there. There's a lot going on in all that, not just in the gray matter, but throughout our, our whole neurophysiology this, this is a complex machine. We're driving around. Right. Right. You know. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just
1: curious because I, you know, it, it doesn't make sense, but then when you are in recovery, you go, it totally makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. So,
1: so what sparked you to write the book and what's the name of the book?
0: The book is called butt kickers yes. and that's all it says on the cover, just butt kickers. And it's a red book. And, and I had this, the last time, like I, I wrote this book 10 years ago too. Mm-hmm. I wrote Buck Kickers, 20 Ways to Lead Tobacco 10 years ago. And I did this very complicated, fussy cover with an endorsement on the back and lots of images and everything. And then this time I thought, I want to I make a book that's simpler. And I also want to have a book that's actually edited because I didn't do that last time. Right. I, I didn't get an editor. Um, so I'm going to have an editor this time. And I found somebody who's also a butt kicker like us and a, a f- another former smoker. And, um, and I also wanted to have a cover that was really simple. So it's just a red book with gold lettering says butt kickers. I didn't even put my name on the cover. Just that. That's just that. So, and it's out, it came out in December of last year, right. In time for holiday gift giving.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hey, and, what a um, gift. Yeah. And I'm going to put the link, I'll put the link in the show notes I've got. I'm looking at it right now and I'll put that in the show notes. So, you know, if you're struggling, if you're struggling with uh, cigarettes or nicotine or vaping, uh, I'll have the link in the show notes.
0: Thanks, David. Thanks for doing that.
1: Yeah. So tell me about the book itself. What's what's in there?
0: Well, there are 20 different ways to stop. So one of the things there's another book out there that's quite popular. That's part of the title is that it's the easy way to stop smoking. Mm -hmm. And I didn't find it easy at all. It wasn't a match for me, that other person's method. Mm -hmm. And I thought he's all only offering one way. And I want to offer a variety of ways because we're individuals. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: We're all different. And what works for one person, it's like some people love being in mutual support communities. Some people love being in recovery communities. Some people really would like to just be by themselves. They don't want to be in a room full of people, either Zoom or otherwise you know? Right. And so, um, some people are interested in trying new things like tapping. So I have a chapter on tapping. Some people think tapping's too weird. They're just not going to do that. Yeah. And so, you know, people who are more adventurous about the process and you have people who are more, just give me some simple things I can do too. And so, um, I think the best thing to do is to bundle those things. So instead of thinking, I'm going to try this one thing to think I'm going to try these three things and just see what that's like. I'm going to try going to a meeting each week. I'm going to try tapping and I'm going to try this other thing that she suggests that Joanna suggests in the book. I'm going to try, um, the only smoking mindfully thing. Hmm. I'm going to do those three things and see what happens when I do that. And so I, I just think to you, you bundle those ideas and, And just keep trying different combinations and see what works for you personally. Because we're all, we each have a, I mean, there are similarities between people's stories. That's what I've noticed over 32 years of Mm -hmm. both talking about my own and listening to others. But we're also very different too. And I think that it's a very individual process, kicking is. And I don't call it quitting if you notice that. I'm not a quitter.
2: You're
1: kicking it. Bye.
0: (laughs) I'm kicking it. Kicking it. Yeah. And, and taking that same kind of like kick it sort of butt kicker mindset and applying it to other aspects and areas of my life. Because once I was able to to kick tobacco, I thought, wow, what else can I do if I can right. do that?
2: Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. And I found that I had so much free time. I'm like, oh, this is where I would normally be standing outside. And sometimes the weather would be brutal, either cold or extreme cold, like cold or hot. But now I just have this extra time. Yeah. You don't, it's such a time suck.
0: It is. It's amazing, isn't it? And I mean, not to mention the money part too. I, one of the things I tell in the book is a story about a woman I met, one of the, I used to take all these classes and courses Mm -hmm. about how to stop too, like a cancer society and lung association, all, all these different places that offered classes on our workshops on how to stop. And, um, in one of them, they said, do the math. And they had us actually sit and calculate what we were spending. Yeah. And there was a woman who was in that class and she was, she, I, she was doing her calculations like everybody else, I'm guessing. Cause then, then suddenly she just got up and walked out of the room. And when she came back in, I'm guessing she probably smoked a few while she was out there. Uh, I don't know, but she came back into the room and she said, When I, she said, I'll like, she was invited to say what was going on. And she said that this was the first time that she realized that she was smoking the equivalent of a car payment every month. And she had just lost her car for failure to make payments on it. Mm. And that when that when that connection happened, that was her turning point.
2: You know, it's different
0: for each one of us, but yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so noticing the time that you're spending, noticing the money you're spending. Right. Well,
1: awesome. yeah, and I mean, I was in such denial that I was a smoker that I would never I think I bought a carton like twice because in my mind, I'm not smokers buy cartons. I only buy a pack or two a day. but I wasn't you know what I mean? like that way that we do the mental gymnastics with whatever the thing is is that we have claws in. I'm not a smoker because I don't buy cartons, but I'm buying two packs a day.
0: (laughs) Well, and you also had an identity as an athlete.
2: Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Which would
0: conflict with your identity as a smoker
2: because
0: those they don't really, I mean, for some people they go together, but for most they don't.
2: Yeah.
1: And that's, you know, when really I was a partier and a smoker (laughs) at that point, but it's just funny how. Certain light bulbs go off in certain times for people.
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: Yeah. It's wild.
0: Yeah. I love that we're talking
1: it? about this because we've had a lot of, I've talked about, you know, recovery, alcohol addiction, EMDR, brain spotting. Um, I've talked about tapping a little bit, but that's, I'm glad that that's in there because it's really about resetting that nervous system.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Calming. As well as changing neural pathways and tapping, of course, does both of those things and more, it becomes a practice too. like, that's another thing people could do when they meditate, if they find it's hard to sit still, put on a tapping video and tap, Mm -hmm. tap and breathe. Yeah,
1: Yeah. and it's really, you know, and I've also learned that if I'm having anxiety, or if I can get cold, like Mm -hmm. an ice pack, Mm -hmm. you can put it on your forehead, you can put it on your neck. Mm hmm because your body is forced to focus on staying alive and the cold takes you out of whatever you are hyper obsessed about in that moment.
0: That's cool. I didn't know that you could do just the, you know, you don't have to go full on Wim Hof. and, and no, no, you, no, you don't have
1: to ice bath it, but if, <laughs> yeah. if you get cold, you know, you could take a cold shower. You can, if you have an ice pack or uh, some bag of peas in the freezer, just sit down and put that on your forehead or your neck. And breathe.
0: I'm so glad you mentioned that because I'll be traveling in a camper van, and I, I yeah. don't have room for a nice bath, but I definitely have room for ice packs.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So where are you going?
0: Well, we've already traveled um, from Washington State to Maine, down the eastern seaboard, um, and then back uh, across the, the southern part of the United States, and back up to Washington again, um, right. staying in places along the way. Um, we're getting ready to go back to Maine for the winter. So maybe oh, I'll cool. go do some rolling in the snow while I'm yeah while now I'm this finishing. is you
1: and your partner, correct? Yeah,
0: this is uh uh-huh. yeah, was there partner. an
1: anniversary of some sort recently?
0: No, we or just, a birthday or no, something I, you know, other than my small date coming okay. up next week. But yeah, we ought to be on the road for my for my small variety date. Yeah. So that'll be cool. No, we we used to own a home and we sold our home, we paid off the mortgage and we bought ourselves a camper van.
2: I and love
0: it. Put our stuff in storage and, and, uh, yeah. So we're doing the van life thing. And people said, Oh, you're living the dream. I said, Well, we're living somebody's dream. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it wasn't my dream, but it was my partner's dream. And my partner's uh-huh. retired and I'm not. And so, um, learning how to work and be on the road at the same time has been a special kind of challenge, but a worthy yeah. challenge, right? It's yeah. kind of like stopping smoking is a worthy challenge. Yeah. Right. It's a, it, and 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 learning to travel and work together is another worthy challenge.
1: That's awesome. Now, is your partner in recovery of any sort?
0: Yeah, different, a little different, um, um, but but similarities that's, that's there. Just curious. Yeah, that's yep.
1: great. We just okay. So our neighbors across the street—they bought a camper van. They are actually in Maine for the summer, working in a park, and they're they took their camper. And their pay is that they can stay there all summer. Oh, great. And then next, I think in January, they're going to New Mexico to a a national park. I guess it's the darkest place in the U.S. And they have these pads out there for people to stargaze. It's like the Uh best place in the country. So they're going to go work there. So we just got a book for all the national parks. So we're looking at trying to figure out where we want to go.
0: Oh, excellent and are you going to do that for a special date or anniversary
1: we just kind of want to integrate it into our travel you know we we love to go to the mountains we trout fish we like to hike and get in waterfalls and that kind of stuff so we want to we want to see more of the west side of the country
0: yeah oh utah you get to utah too oh so spectacular it's almost like being on another planet some of the
1: yeah the pic the photos are incredible that you see out there
0: amazing.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm glad we did this. Um, it's I really, too. yeah, I'm I, really glad we met. I want to, uh, before we get out of here, I want to ask you for your recovery nuggets. Cause that's part of the show. And yes. so what would you like to share with people?
0: What I'd like to share? I thought about this. I'm glad you mentioned that question ahead of time. So I had a chance yeah. to hang out with it a little bit. So yeah. one of the things that I, I tell people when they say, what are the, the like Like just three bits of advice about stopping smoking, um, kicking, tobacco. Number one, I would say, just see if you can do it mindfully. First of all, just do it as mindfully as you can. So coming back to what we were talking about at the beginning of the call about meditation, Mm -hmm. if you can just, if you're still using and you're not feeling ready to stop, just do it as mindfully as you can. Two, unpair it um you know i did it the hard way by giving up everything along with tobacco but if you're still using tobacco and you want to or vaping and you and you want to begin to change your relationship with that just start unpairing it from other things and just do it and do nothing else at the same time don't be on your phone don't be drinking coffee or tea or whatever drinks you have with it mm-hmm. don't um you know don't look at social media just Just do that and nothing else at the same time. That will also help with the mindfulness part of it.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And then just begin changing your language around that. And I write a lot about that in the book. That's my first chapter is words matter because they do. Because when I used to think of myself as somebody who was quitting something, Mm -hmm. I had a very different experience when I thought about how I was a butt kicker when I, I, I made it into a different sort of identity around that, because I'm not a quitter and I don't like that word. It really bugged me. And mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it was getting in the way of my freedom. And so um, paying attention to the words that we use as we talk about it, stop glamorizing it and stop saying I can't because it's bullshit because yeah. you can, yeah, <laughs> yeah. right? Love- it's Yeah. Yeah. That's the fact is that people, I mean, Keith Richards <laughs> stopped smoking.
1: Oh, did he really?
0: Yeah, let's talk about Poster Child, right? For, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm sure tobacco stocks dropped when people found out that oh. he that he had stopped because you know, and he and he said it, it. He said everybody who says it's harder to kick than heroin, it's true. And he said, and you know, he ought to know because he's done both. And so. Yes, yes. Um, so if Keith Richards can stop smoking, you're all out of excuses, right. <laughs> you know, the, whole, the whole, I can't thing goes right out the window.
1: <laughs> so wow. Those, those are great those are
0: things i I'd offer.
1: Yeah. And I, I, I like how you, the word quitter does have a, it's got this connotation to it, but I like the, you know, butt kicking. It's kind of more empowering in a way. Yeah. And you can apply that to anything.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: You know.
1: So in your book, since you, you rewrote it or you edited it, did you add anything in there about vaping?
0: I did. I mentioned vaping throughout the book in a number of different chapters, just because I do know that there are people who are doing both now. And a lot of people are closeted around their relationship with tobacco and also their relationship with vaping or nicotine, too. Mm-hmm. It's there are a lot of people who are I, 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 as as the years go by, I meet more and more closeted people who, because of their profession or because they're parents to, you know, to young kids, teenagers, they don't want people in their lives to know that they're using. So it's very much in the closet. So, um, I do, I do weave in mention of vaping in a number of places because it needs to be there.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, It's definitely, and especially in the rooms, it's, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: you know, it's, it's tough. I see it and people struggle with it. You know, yeah. and I didn't, I didn't even really think about the closeted part of it, but that makes sense as well. Yeah. And I, I mean, I remember being a smoker and I was a salesman at a gym in New York city and me and my other, the sales guy that worked under me, we were smokers and we would go around the corner and stand under this door stoop and be smoking. We we always joked, we're going to see the guy or, you know, like in New York, hey, I'm going to see the guy and we'd go. <laughs> But our clients that were trying to be fit would walk by us and it was like so much shame and guilt.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now imagine that you're a surgeon, you yeah, know, or right. yeah. Or a nutritionist guy, or
1: something. Yeah. You
0: know, or you're an aesthetician. You're somebody who works with people in their skin and you and you're telling them all day long how important it is to take care of their skin. And then you're out there, you know,
2: vaping
0: yeah. or smoking
1: wow
0: the clergy yeah. that that's another big group
1: yeah oh wow yeah
0: yeah your body's a temple and let's burn <laughs> something in it
1: <laughs> oh wow yeah. man well this has been great i'm re- I'm really glad you reached out
0: oh I, am I had too, no idea it's such a pleasure to meet you um, and thank you for having me on i I um I love what you're doing I've listened to a few of your podcasts now and oh, I really like you. your style.
1: Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And um, I will send you all the info, like when it's going to come up and uh, I'll put the link and check out her book. If you're trying to quit smoking, it's on Amazon, butt kickers. It's right. Joanna free. It's right there. And I uh, can't wait to see your adventures and maybe we can do a follow-up episode down the road, see where you're at. I would at.
0: love that. I love okay, it. Okay, cool.
1: Thanks again for listening to recovery nuggets podcast. Get in touch with the show via Instagram at Recovery Nuggets Podcast. Also, the email is recoverynuggetspodcast at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Thank you for showing up for your recovery today. Recovery Nuggets Podcast and guests are not representatives of any 12-step program. I'm not a doctor, counselor, or therapist. I share my experience, strength, and hope. Guests of the show share their personal experiences and opinions. Take what you like and leave the rest.